Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Hey, Lisa Rubin. Hello, Katie. How are you? We had a lot of things happen since you and I have chatted. We have. I feel like it's been a year. I know. It's been less than a month. (laughs) So (laughs) time is very crazy, very fluid, isn't it? It is. So we've had an election, a declared winner, Mm -hmm. and history being made by our vice president. Yes. (laughs) We have broken the glass ceiling. Yes, we have. I am, I am at times a little dense. So when that, when that meme went out about, be careful women, there's glass everywhere. I'm like, what? I don't, it took me a moment. It took me a moment to really, um, to really lean into that one. Let's say, You know, you and I really do a lot of brainstorming, and that's what we love. We love talking about all of these things, and then from these conversations come our ideas for what we're going to put out on our podcast. So this one I'm very excited about, and I I know I told you not to count, but this is number what? Seven. I knew you'd know. This is history making, and I think it's important to talk about, but what I love when you were really putting some heavy thought into this, you came up with this idea, and I love it. And this is Lisa's 10 influential women that have set the stage for fashion influences that stand the test of time. Yay. I mean, what a better way to go about this because we're ultimately going to end up talking about where we think things are going to be with Kamala Harris as our vice president and what she's going to mean to fashion. Yeah. And I think it's going, she's going to make a big impact, but let's wait and talk about her. I made her number 10 because she is the most current. And the one that we will be able to talk about in our podcast as we move forward. That's right. And she certainly has a history. It's not like she's come out of nowhere. She's been on the scene for quite some time. And she, I'm sure, has been influenced by one through nine as well. So let's get right into it. As we start this, who's your number one? My number one is Audrey Hepburn. She is one of my all-time favorites. And one of the things that stands out about Audrey for me is she is the reason we still have the obsession with the little black dress. She wore the little black dress at breakfast at Tiffany's. It was probably something that a lot of people will remember. And the little black dress, we still use that term when we have certain functions or we, when we did have certain functions that we went to and everyone's like, I just need that little black dress in my wardrobe. I just want to have it. I want it hanging there. So if I have something going on, I know I've got it there and I can wear it. To go to, and you can accessorize the different ways. It, it, it's that thing you always know that when you put it on, you're gonna feel good in it and stand the test of time. I mean, you can find your little black dress at Target, and you can find your little black dress with an American designer, European designer. They all have the little black dress. They sure do. You talked about breakfast at Tiffany's, and for those who may be ra- rather new to our podcast or maybe not in the same age bracket that is a classic movie that everyone should have watched or should watch I agree yes fantastic so Audrey Audrey starts us out who comes after Audrey the second one I picked was Grace Kelly 
Grace Kelly got us started on that feminine dress. She wore a very simple dress, but always had a little feminine touch to it. And she had that classic, sophisticated style all the time. But another little tidbit that people might not know is that Hermes renamed one of their handbags, the Kelly bag, which they still sell today, because she was spotted on numerous occasions wearing one of their bags. And it got so popular that they renamed it the Kelly bag. And that came from Grace Kelly. Oh, that I did not know A little, that. little factoid. I love little factoids. And now do other designers have their take on the Kelly bag as well? Oh yeah. It's sort of a classic look. It is a classic bag. And yes, I don't want to say you dumb it down. I mean, I don't mean it that way, but you can find that style bag at a Walmart or a Target. Replicated and right. Replicated. Yeah. Hey, I found some great bags. I, I, I don't care what the, the label is. I think a lot of it is how it makes you feel, how, how it completes a look. I think that's really important. And I think you can find quality at Target, Walmart. Absolutely. And they're getting better and better. They are getting better and better. All right. Now, number three is certainly going to be a very recognizable name. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Need I say more? How's that? When you think of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, when I think about her, one of the things I think about is she really started the trend for the classic simple sheath dress with the coat to match. Yes, she did. And now fast forward it, even what did Michelle Obama wear when Barack Obama became president? Actually, Melania Trump also wore that coat and dress combination. It's been replicated over and over again, but she's really the person that set the stage for that and wore it so well. I think she was the first first lady who really people were fascinated with as a person, everything about her. I think she was, both of them were younger than most. And so I think that brought a lot of attention on everything that she did. And she had a, an ability to pick designers that did her many favors. And I just mean many favors in, in styling to how she would look the best. And many designers became quite famous because of her. Yes. And I think, I think we're going to see more of that happening. And we have seen more of that, you know, TV and social media and all of that's really bringing things into the forefront as well. Now, next one, number four on the list, we're going to talk about her really quickly. Then we're going to take a break and talk about the rest of them. But before we go to break, and I, of course, love this woman because I love her name. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> and let's let's talk about her for a brief moment. She was really the first lady to start wearing menswear. Yeah, she loved pants. And then from Catherine Hepburn came Diane Keaton. Yes. That whole look got very popular after you started seeing both of those women showing up publicly in movies, in interviews. It's a very important time. And now what, you know, we'll talk about that later, but what do trousers represent for women now? But it really Absolutely. started with Katherine Heffer. It sure did. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about more influential women. Sounds good. Hi there. Several years ago, a conversation sparked an idea which launched a plan and now here we are. 
Lisa and my collective desire with this podcast is to inform listeners and open eyes to the importance of well-designed spaces and well-thought-out wardrobes, no matter the size or budget. We feel strongly that both lead to success in all aspects of life. Lisa, having been content to work behind the scenes, is emerging to share her well-honed expertise. Her clients see her as a secret weapon in their success, and now we too can benefit from Lisa's no-nonsense approach. I, on the other hand, have always been a bit more, well, out there in my endeavors, yet my work in space planning is very personal to each client. I guess we could say that I'm coming from space to share strategies for efficient use of yours. Perhaps this is our legacy or simply that we really enjoy conversing and sharing some light moments in what can be a very heavy world. Whatever the case, we are thrilled that you have joined us and hope you find some gems along the way. To learn more about Lisa, go to wardrobeconsulting.net and for me, go to katieharms.com. Here's to your success, your beautiful view in your mirror, and thanks for listening. Now back to the conversation. So Lisa, we are back and we stopped at Catherine Hepburn and she is going to pass the torch. And actually they, they were a little, they were kind of the same era of our next or number five is Lauren Bacall. And she really started the first trend for silk printed blouses. And you saw, you know, women showing up in a blouse and a bright colored blouse and a printed blouse. And then she wore a blazer. So when you think back, you saw women wearing like a dress in a Chanel style jacket in the women previous or a sheath dress with a longer coat that matched the dress. But this is until Catherine Hepburn and Lauren Bacall is when the blazer and the menswear whole impact came into play. And then it took a turn and it became feminine. But that menswear blazer is the where we saw it for the first time. Fantastic. I can't tell you how many I still actually have. Yeah. Some, and I, I, mean, still, I still have some that truly I got in the 80s. They hold the test of time. And she also, you know, wore the slim skirt. So you take the slim skirt and the blazer, what does that make? That makes the suit. And that was when women were starting to have a bigger role in the workplace. And right. that's how the suit evolved. Then we took a total switch of gears and we go to our next influencer who is Marilyn Monroe. She introduced us to sex appeal in the fashion industry. And let's, we got to add, after I thought about this, she came later, Madonna. Oh, so absolutely. Marilyn Monroe and later was, it was Madonna, right? And Madonna also influenced that whole sexual appeal and how women started dressing good and bad, but. And a little bit only. Owning your own stuff. Owning your own stuff. Yeah. And then on the fashion scene from the UK, but certainly part of the world was Princess Diana. And still. I mean, now with everyone watching season four of The Crown, or a lot of people, I haven't watched it yet, but I keep getting people, Lisa, did you see this? Did you see that? I'm like, no, I have to start from season one. But I binged the entire season four in one day. Seriously? Thank you, thank you COVID. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> thank you, COVID. I guess we were going to talk about that. But <laughs> Princess Diana had a very daring style to her, and she was one of the first royals to dress dress with purpose, and to use fashion to empower women. And that was very new for the royal family. 
Yes. And let's even talk about her hairstyle. Mm -hmm. If you think back to the 80s, how many people did you know who had the Princess Diana haircut? Probably quite a, a few. Lot. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. It's like Farrah Fawcett when everyone had the Farrah Fawcett haircut. Exactly. So we're talking about clothes, but also hair plays a big role in some of these too. I mean, we could talk for an hour on this whole thing. We absolutely could. Let's go from one princess to the next, because I feel like there's other fashion style icons that we could come in, but truly from an influential standpoint, Kate Middleton, your next choice really stands the test of time. She does. And she actually takes high-end designers and mixes them with, let's, let's use a few examples like Zara, who a lot of people know that name, and Top Shelf. And she'll wear like a Zara top with a designer skirt or designer pant or vice versa. And she was one of the first to do that. And when it happens, the stuff is sold out within 24 hours. Yeah, that's the thing that's amazing too, because we have the international stage. We now have online shopping that we didn't have with any of these people before, really. And I think that has changed how people go about fashion and selections that they make. Yeah. And she has played a big role in that. And you're right. And still continues to do so. And she stays very classic. She's very conservative in her dress. Very rarely will you see Kate Middleton showing her shoulders, her arms. Think about it. She will wear pants, but mostly dresses when she's out in public. Yes. Now, what do you think about Harry's wife? Meghan Markle. Yes, Meghan Markle. I love her look. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love how she dresses. And I loved how she dressed on suits. I watched suits for the clothing. Right. And they should have made that line of clothing. I was hoping that the person that designed and produced that clothing for that show would come out with their line, but they never did. But if you'll notice, she wore that look kind of through her time when she was in in with the royal family. She's still in with the royal family. But when she was making her public appearances, a lot of her dresses looked the same as the ones on the show. So clearly she liked that look. Yeah, and that was a good very, influence. And it looks very nice on her. I and she so, wore yeah. a lot of color. She took green and red and purple, and she'd make it all in one dress, which you don't see that often when you're on a public stage. Now, great segue into our next person when we're talking about bringing some color into things. Yes, um, right. Our former first lady, Michelle Obama. Yep. Let's talk about a few things about Michelle Obama. Um, she was the first first lady to expose her shoulder and arms like she did. I mean, really? She, show, she showed up with her first gown and you saw her shoulders and her arms. She was not covered. When you have those assets of her shoulders and arms, she works hard at it. She works out. Listen, she beat Ellen DeGeneres on push-ups. <laughs> if anyone ever watched that episode, I happened to have it on. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, that was random. But I love it. And she did. And I saw the episode. <laughs> it was greatly it, done. If you look at her evening attire throughout the eight years, very rarely was she covered. She usually had her shoulders and arms exposed. And I think that that allowed other women to feel more comfortable to do that. For sure. She also, as a tall woman, she yeah. also owned that. So while you didn't see her in high heels, you did see her in some kitten heels. You did see her owning that height, which was very wonderful as a tall person to see how she carried herself. I agree with that. And the other big thing 
is the J. Crew cardigan was a big hit while she was first lady. And for the first four years, you couldn't buy a J. Crew cardigan in the store. They were sold out most of the time. That's incredible. Now, she also really brought along some designers that we had never heard about, smaller designers. She was she very good about that. In she was. Realizing the importance of fashion and, and where what she could do with it, who she could influence. Yeah, she did a very good job. And I, I know we don't have time to talk about all of that right now, but she did a very good job and that's a very good point. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, we'll hit on a lot of these things throughout our upcoming podcasts. And as we move into the spotlight on our historic first female vice president, Kamala Harris and what she is bringing to the table in the importance of her look. I am so excited about this, Katie, because let's mix it with COVID because we, we are doing that right now. I've said this and you've heard me talk about this in our conversations that I feel hopefully once the vaccine is underway and people can start moving on with their lives, especially with what Kamala is going to do for women's fashion and how she's going to help empower women and make women feel chic and strong again and have a pantsuit on. I mean, that's her thing, right? The pantsuit. I think we're going to see women getting dressed and going to the office again. They have been in sweatpants now for probably over a year. And women like to feel pretty mm -hmm. the majority of the time. And they're going to be able to do that. And they're going to be able to see, I think like Biden just announced that he's going to have an all-female cabinet, right? If you look at all those women that he elected to be part of that cabinet, I started to look at how they were dressed. And all of these women were so beautifully performed professionally dressed. They all had their own style, but they all were dressed and they had professional clothes on. They all wore a little bit of makeup. They all had a significant hairstyle. They all carried a certain kind of handbag. So they checked all my boxes off. Yes. <laughs> and I, I got a lot of boxes, but what I'm trying to say is that we haven't seen that in a while. No. We have and not, we've never and, seen it from a vice president, obviously. But. We clearly have, we have clearly not. And the importance of putting that all together and how that helps you carry yourself. You mentioned it, women like to feel pretty. I'm going to expand on that and say women like to feel comfortable and confident in their own skin. And how they dress helps them present that. I know when I'm put together, it's that age old thing. You know, you throw something on, you go to the store and you end up running into somebody. I mean, back in the day when we actually went out <laughs> and you would run into somebody and you'd think, why didn't I just take five minutes extra to comb my hair, put on some makeup or decide that I wasn't going to wear the crappiest thing that I had or the easiest thing that I grabbed in my wardrobe. And I think that is the people that do it well, and particularly in these positions, they are paying attention to it. It does make a, a difference. They have staff that is helping them. They have wardrobe consultants that have helped them further their career, just as you have done with so many of your clients. And the importance of that cannot be minimized. It's critically important, particularly for the group of women now coming up and starting their careers and in their early phases of their careers of who they want to be consistently over time is going to make a huge difference. 
And also, she is going to be a role model for those women. She and is. all of these women are going to be are going to see a woman that's always very well dressed and not fussy. together. Not fussy. Nope. Very simple. I mean, really, let's think about it. She always has a pantsuit on. It's either black, gray, or navy. The only other color that I've seen her wear, with the exception of the cream suit that she came out in, is she likes the color plum in my research. Plum, yes. cranberry, burgundy, you can call it whatever you want. And we can't forget about her tennis shoes that she wears. Ah, tell me about her tennis shoes. I don't think anybody's going to be able to get them in the near future. <laughs> I don't think. If you guys want Chuck Taylors, you better buy them now. Because if you'll notice that that's the tennis shoe that she wears when she was out on the campaign trail, or if she has to get from point A to point B quickly, or she's going to be on her feet all day, she'll still have a blazer on. She'll throw a scarf around her neck. She'll wear a pair of simple pants or sometimes jeans. But then she puts her Chuck Taylors on. And I know she has them in many different colors because I've seen her wearing them in many different colors. And that's going to be, I think, a signature for her. And I think it's great. And if she's not that. wearing a Chuck Taylor, she's wearing really high heels. God bless her. That's where we, we definitely diverge. <laughs> I've passed that point. But to your point, when we were talking about this too, you don't have to have high heels on to still put that look together. There are great wedges, there are great flats. You can get a very polished professional look and still keep it simple and elegant and not taking away from anything you're doing in your actual professional life. Exactly. So we're going to have a podcast talking about shoes and handbags coming very soon. Food for thought is, I don't think I've ever seen Kamala in a pair of sandals. Interesting. She is always wearing a closed toe. Again, Lisa Rubin, check that box off. In my opinion, when you're on the stage that she is, or you're in a very professional environment, keep your feet covered. Yeah. She's still wearing tennis shoes, but she's not wearing sandals. Yeah. I think she's opened up a lot of doors for people if they're paying attention. And that's why we're doing what we're doing to help you pay attention. Now we're going to shift really quickly because we have our next nonprofit and we have chosen Mission Animal Hospital. And Lisa, you have family members who use their services and you told me what, they're the first? I think they're the first nonprofit animal veterinarian hospital for sure in the state of Minnesota. That's, it's um, so fantastic. And what's great about this is what they do is they are now offering subsidized pricing to individuals and families who fall within their income guidelines and they're offering to rescue and shelter organizations and they've expanded because of COVID. So they've included this to pet owners impacted by COVID related wage loss. So if you go on their site, which is missionah.org, you will be able to read the income guidelines and they accept anyone as a client their pricing and structure just allows them to then do outreach and help others with things like the mission program. And I'll tell you what, if you just want to put a smile on your face, then go to their website and look at the pictures of the pups <laughs> because that is really, really fun. And you know, the people who founded mission animal hospital, Lisa, 
I do know the woman who founded Mission Animal Hospital, and she's wonderful, and she's very passionate about this nonprofit, and she helped me with my doggy, who's no longer here. It's a wonderful organization, and I felt it was really important because we're having nonprofits that deal with humans. I felt mm -hmm. that our pets are like humans and part of our family, so we needed to highlight something that was just as important with our pets. Oh, absolutely. And people are adopting pets at record number through COVID. And there's the other side of it, the people that have really been struggling, they can't afford to care for the pets that they have. So this, this organization really, really comes in there. So Lisa, time flies when you're having fun. You know, when we're talking about pets, I really think about my little fluffy friend, Tilly, and you've met Tilly. <laughs> I love Tilly. Tilly. Tilly used to be Tilly in the city, and when we moved out west, she became Tonka Tilly. And uh, so you will hashtag Tonka Tilly. You will see her occasionally on posts, and uh, she's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, she helped me tremendously get through recovery from COVID. And uh, years from now, when we're all listening to this podcast, people are going to say, wow, remember then when we had COVID and we were worried about that. What I love about our podcast is we're trying to give you some other things to be focused on. And we are hopeful for the future and the positivity that um, is out there in the world. We just have to look for it. And I know you are a huge part of positivity in my life and I appreciate you so much. And if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katiearms.com. We appreciate feedback. We've gotten some great feedback from family and friends. And we are on Instagram at The View in Your Mirror. We also each have our own LinkedIn accounts, and we will, we will put information on there as well. And don't forget to catch us on our website, theviewinyourmirror.com. And if you put the view in your mirror into any podcast platform, you should be able to find us. And we would appreciate it if you would follow us, subscribe to our podcast, because that's the way things are done in the podcast world. This might be the longest podcast we've done to date. I think we're going to be pushing 25 minutes and I don't care. <laughs> it's going to be great. Lisa, I love you. And this is our first podcast on the Zoom platform. Hopefully what? it went well. We will see. We will see. But it's been great to see you while we put this podcast together. And I'll look forward to the next one. I will too, Katie. Always. I'm Katie Harms, along with Lisa Rubin. And we hope the view in your mirror is exceptional.